0: Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to add another installment to our occasional productive reading series. This time I'll be talking about lessons I've learned from some really great books by Brene Brown. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 166. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Fresh Books and BarkBox. BarkBox is a wonderful subscription service that delivers a box of treats and toys for your favorite dog. They're offering a free extra month of BarkBox to those who subscribe to a six or 12 month plan by visiting BarkBox.com productive. And I'll share a little bit more about that later on. I am, as I've said before, so pleased to welcome back FreshBooks as a sponsor of The Productive Woman. FreshBooks is this great online accounting software that I've been using myself for well over a year now, and they're offering you as a Productive Woman listener a free 30-day all-access trial so you can find out for yourself how helpful and how usable it is. Those of you who are freelancers or solopreneurs who are running a small business or, you know, have money to, to keep track of for a business, owe it to yourselves to check it out, which you can do by visiting freshbooks.com woman. FreshBooks is so easy to use, um, but it's also really f- packed full of powerful features that let you manage your business, uh, the finances for your business efficiently and effectively and and get back to doing the stuff that you really like doing, or maybe you like doing the money part. I don't actually, so that's what I love about FreshBooks. It let it lets me do it quickly and easily. Uh, You can set up and send customized, professional-looking invoices in seconds. You can accept online payments from your customers, track the delivery and payment of invoices right from the helpful informative dashboard, even track your time and expenses on your smartphone. It's just a great tool for managing the finances for your business. And as I said, they're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to Productive Woman listeners all you have to do to claim it is just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I think you're going to love it. If, if you're looking for a way to manage your finances for your business, here's your chance to give it a try. Okay, so let's get into the main topic of uh, this episode. I, I started a, a while back a an, an occasional series uh, called Productive Reading, where I would take a book that's been influential in my thinking about productivity and making a life that matters and just share some of the, the lessons that I've learned. In episode 133, we talked about Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. And in episode 147, uh, I shared some of the lessons I've learned from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. Uh, both of those are excellent books. This time, um, I, you know, I was thinking about, there are a number of great books that I've read over the last couple of years uh, that have really been influ- influential in my thinking but i really kept coming back to actually three books that i've read by brene brown and i thought i would just kind of combine the and consolidate some of the lessons i've learned some of the thoughts i've gained from reading her books and um, how they've influenced my thinking about productivity. So for those of you who don't know who Brene Brown is, from her website, um, the, the sort of concise version of it is that she's a research professor at the University of Houston here in Texas. Um, she has spent the last 16 years studying courage, vulnerability, empathy, and shame. And she's the author of four books, Uh, three of which I have read and and I'm going to talk a little bit about today. So she's written a book called The Gifts of Imperfection, Uh, another one called Daring Greatly. Her third book is Rising Strong. And the fourth book, which just came out this year, is Braving the Wilderness. And I've read the last three. I haven't yet read, read The Gifts of Imperfection. But I, it's on my list to read because she quotes from it at various times in the other books. I was first introduced to Brene's work, um, via her Ted talk, uh, that she gave on shame. And I think this was back in like 2012. That she actually gave this TED talk. I found it a year or so ago. I think somebody posted a link on Facebook, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode because it's really worth reading, I mean, worth watching. And uh, it was, I, it just was so prov- uh, thought provoking that I went out and I found at that point her book, Daring Greatly, and read that. Liked it so much, was just moved and, and inspired by it so much that I then bought Rising Strong and read that. And then this year when she came out with Braving the Wilderness, I bought that and read it. She summarizes the first three of her books, kind of the message of them. Uh, and she says that the gifts of, the message of the gifts of imperfection is be you. Uh, she says the message of daring greatly is be all in. And the message of Rising Strong is fall, get up, and try again. And and at the end of uh, Braving the Wilderness, her most recent book, she, she kind of half jokingly says that, you know, Braving the Wilderness, she told her editor that they really should call it how to lose friends and make people mad. She actually used a different phrase, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny. There's, there's some really great stuff in Braving the Wilderness about being strong enough to stand your ground uh, on things that matter to you while still being open to relationships with other people. So anyway, that's a, a side thing. Really really good books. I mean, she's a scientist, she's a, a she has a PhD and and then she, she's a, you know, a social worker, a licensed social worker. And so all of her her research is around these concepts of shame and courage and vulnerability is a, a big thing and empathy. And there's a lot to be learned from there. And I'll talk as we go along about what this has to do with productivity, because this is a, a podcast called The Productive Woman. And um, and these things, the things that she teaches about in her books, the lessons that I've learned from it really do have an impact on our ability to be productive. So the first Lesson, I guess, that I've learned. The first uh, area that she's really provoked me to think about uh, as I've read her books is the value of vulnerability, or on the flip side of it, the cost to us of hiding behind masks. Uh, she defines vulnerability in Daring Greatly as the willingness to show up and be seen with no guarantee of outcome. Uh, so, vulnerability, and I'm, you know, massively understating kind of what her life's work has been about, but it's, it's about being willing to be seen as who you are, even not knowing how it's going to be received. And it's a hard thing for us to do as human beings. But as she talks about in the book, it's so important to anything we want to accomplish as human beings. Kind of tied to that lesson um, from uh, that is the value of vulnerability is another uh, lesson I guess I've learned from her, uh, another area that I've really thought about from reading her books is the importance of showing up for or in your own life. Um, making a life that matters requires a willingness to show up, be real, and risk failure. And I'm, I'm using air quotes around the word failure because, you know, we could get off on a whole thing about what failure is. And she talks about a lot of those kinds of things in the book. To me, what I keep reminding myself is that I haven't failed until I've given up. And this is, like I said, this is a little bit of a sidetrack from the point I, I'm, I'm wanting to make here. But we... I, I say we, I have struggled over the course of my life with holding myself back from trying things and doing things because I didn't want to fail. And, um, I have, I've come to learn not just from Brene's books, from, from just from life in general and from, you know, various other things I've heard that, you know, I, 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 have often chosen to sort of fail ahead of time by simply not trying, um, and I'm trying to learn to be a little braver and and try things, even though I don't know if I can do them well or if I can succeed. Her book, Rising Strong, is about how we recover from failure, how we get up after we fall down. And it, there's, she tells a a lot of really great stories in her book. She she kind of is she's a researcher slash storyteller, and much of what she says talks about in her books is built around stories of um her from her life and from the res- the people that she's that have participated in the studies that she's done. And she in talking about vulnerability she said something in Rising Strong that I thought was so important and so really kind of Sat me back a little bit to think about it. She says, While vulnerability is the birthplace of many of the fulfilling experiences we long for love, belonging, joy, creativity, and trust, to name a few the process of regaining our emotional footing in the midst of struggle, and this is what Rising Strong is about. Uh, The process of regaining our emotional footing in the midst of struggle is where our courage is tested and our values are forged. Rising strong after a fall is how we cultivate wholeheartedness in our lives. It's the process that teaches us the most about who we are. I just thought that was so, it just really resonated with me, this idea that failure you know, trying and not succeeding, I guess, is not something to be afraid of or to hide from, but it's a process that teaches us about who we are. And it's, as as she says here, rising strong after a fall, after we've, you know, tried something and fallen on our face is how we cultivate what she calls wholeheartedness in our lives and teaches us about who we are. I just thought that was so good. Um, and, and getting back to this whole concept of how important it is to show up in our own life, um, she says in Daring Greatly, the willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little braver each time. And that really is true. The more we are willing to... Um, kind of step up and give it a shot, so to speak, not knowing how um, how things are going to turn out, not knowing if we're going to be able to succeed. Every time we do that and it doesn't kill us, uh, it makes us a little braver to try the next time. She says also um, later on toward the end of Daring Greatly, a- another quote that I just thought was uh, has been really impactful for me. She says, daring greatly is not about winning or losing. It's about courage in a world where scarcity and shame dominate and feeling afraid has become second nature. Vulnerability is subversive, uncomfortable. It's even a little dangerous at times. And without question, putting ourselves out there means there's a far greater risk of feeling hurt. But she goes on to say, but nothing is as uncomfortable, dangerous, or hurtful as believing that I'm standing on the outside of my life looking in and wondering what it would be like if I had the courage to show up and let myself be seen. I wonder if, if that speaks to you as strongly as it did to me. That, that sense of, of standing on the outside of your life, looking in and, and wondering What things could be like, what your life could be like, what difference you could make in the world if you were brave enough to show up and let yourself be seen. To me, that's, that's at the heart of making a life that matters. That's at the heart of being a productive woman or a productive man of accomplishing things that are important to us and making a life that matters. It's about being willing to show up and and put ourselves out there and let ourselves be seen as who we are. Vulnerability is an unavoidable element of being alive, and this is something I, that I guess the the value of, for me of reading these books of Brené's is that she put words to what I I didn't have words for before. When we engage in behaviors that are intended to protect protect ourselves to avoid being vulnerable. We're not living our real life. We're not living a whole life. Um, and she she says better than that in, in Daring Greatly again. She says, when we pre- pretend that we can avoid vulnerability, we engage in behaviors that are often inconsistent with who we want to be. Experiencing vulnerability isn't a choice. Um, her point, I guess, is we are going to be vulnerable while we're in the world, she says the only choice we have is how we're going to respond when we're confronted with uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Again, what, what does this have to do with productivity? And I guess what I would challenge you with is is there something in your life that you've wanted? that that you feel a a a draw to do or to accomplish but you've held yourself back because you're not sure you can do it you're not sure what people would think i've said before i i had a hard time launching this podcast because of this very issue of a fear of what people would think uh that they would think it was a dumb idea or that i was doing it badly or you know who's she to talk about these things that That fear of vulnerability of, of putting myself out there and sort of ex, being exposed emotionally uh, has held me back for six months before I finally you know recorded that horrible episode zero in my closet and and I think I know I'm not the only one that does that, that I, I think that's one of the great things about these uh, brene's books. Is uh, it reinforces the idea that we all struggle with these things, and that so the fact that I, I, you know, whether I, I struggle with not wanting to feel vulnerable, not wanting to be exposed, that that doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It's normal. We we deal with that. We need to the, you know, but the way to accomplish the things that we want to in life, to make a life that matters, is to face that head on. And move into it. And so, to me, the 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 cost of hiding behind a mask is too great. Uh, it overcomes my fear of vulnerability. Not all the time, I you know, I I haven't got this all figured out. I don't think any of us ever will. But the older I get, the more time passes, the more I realize, I, I if I don't show up and live my life and be who I am. I'm never going to accomplish anything of value in, in life. And so that's, I guess, one of the first lessons I've learned from, uh, Brene's books. Another lesson is the importance of self-awareness and self-care to accomplishing anything important and to making a life that matters. And this has various, um, components that I've seen in her books. Um, one of them that she talks about is, uh, the, re, and this is that self-awareness piece of it, is recognizing that the stories we tell ourselves in any given situation might not be true, uh, probably aren't true. And this kind of goes back to that issue of vulnerability. We feel more vulnerable because of a story we're telling ourselves about a situation, about the other people in a situation, or about ourselves that kind of magnifies the risk, I guess. And I think how many times have I held myself back from accomplishing something important to me or even trying because I convinced myself I couldn't or that what I have to offer isn't wanted or some other story that I told myself about a situation or a relationship or about myself. Brene says in Rising Strong, in the absence of data, We will always make up stories. It's how we're wired. In fact, the need to make up a story, especially when we are hurt, is part of our most primitive survival wiring, meaning meaning making is in our biology and our default often um, to come up with a story that makes sense, feels familiar, and offers us insight into how to best self-protect. So we, uh, our brains are very good at self-preservation and it will look at a situation and make up a story about what, you know, some, something somebody said, it'll make up a story about what that meant or, uh, or about ourselves. And, and, it's all about that self-protection. Brene talks about what she calls three crucially important questions—questions questions that cultivate wholeheartedness and bring deeper courage, compassion, and connection to our lives. And here are the three questions that, when we are feeling vulnerable, when we are feeling threatened, when we're feeling less than, or incapable, or afraid of something that we, you know, maybe want to try. Here are the are questions that um, she suggests that we need to ask ourselves first of all, what more do I need to learn and understand about the situation? Second, what more do I need to learn and understand about the other people in the story, and third, what more do I need to learn and understand about myself? These are questions that we can ask ourselves about the story we're telling ourselves in Whatever story we're telling ourselves about the situation that's maybe holding us back. So that, just that recognizing that we are wired to make up what she calls stories about situations and the voices we're hearing on our heads, the story we're telling ourselves, uh, may or may not be true. And so learning to ask these questions to take a step back and 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 question the story we tell ourselves. Sort of similar to that, this um, aware the the value of self awareness and self care. Uh, something a lesson that that she I've I've taken away from her um, from her books is the value of pausing. And in Rising Strong, she talks about two tools to sort of get our emotions. Um, kind of I want to say I started to say under control but that's not really it just to become aware and of the stories we're telling ourselves um, and those tools are mindfulness and breathing and I won't go into detail about it but uh, she talks about uh, a something she calls tactical breathing that she learned from a I think a Navy seal or something in the story um, and and just becoming mindful she says breath, and mindfulness give us the awareness and space we need to make choices that are aligned with our values. And I thought that's really important. We can be very reactionary in a situation where we feel uh, overwhelmed or threatened um, emotionally or in any other way. And and so pausing to take a breath and to to be mindful and be aware um, helps us to be more intentional about the things that we're doing, rather than just reacting to them. Um, and a- another piece of the the self care that I really and really liked that she talks about uh she talked about it in Braving the Wilderness she's uh, the her most recent book but she's also mentioned it before is this idea that we can give ourselves per, the permission we need to do the things we want to do or to feel the way we want to feel and she tells a story about her fir- first appearance on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday and how she was feeling kind of uh, you know, wasn't sure how to feel about the whole thing. She was excited, but you know, thought she wanted to be kind of cool and, and all of that. And she literally wrote herself a permission slip, uh, permi- like you would give for your kids, giving them permission to do a field trip. Um, she wrote herself a, a permission slip to enjoy and em- embrace this experience. And I, I just love that. That whole idea, we often wait for, I don't know somebody else or the world to give us permission to feel the way we want to feel or to to try the things we want to try, and I, I love this idea that we can give ourselves that permission. and And she recommends literally writing yourself a permission slip and carrying it around with you. Um, and the last piece of this sort of self care lesson, I, I guess that I, I gathered from these three books, is just this idea of of taking care of ourselves and liking ourselves. She says in Braving the Wilderness Toward the End, our work is to get to the place where we like ourselves and are concerned when we judge ourselves too harshly or allow others to silence us. And that really made me pause and think that is our work. In order to accomplish the things we care about and make a life that matters, we have to give ourselves permission To do those things, we can give ourselves permission to do those, uh, whatever those things are, but also to be okay with who we are and our whatever contribution we have to make in the world, and um, to to be aware when we are being too hard on ourselves. You know, I say, I, I remind you and myself often to extend grace, not only to other people, but to ourselves. And that's kind of the message that I got from, from this language in the book. Uh, the next lesson that I've gathered from reading Brene's books um, is, I guess, best summarized as the importance of connection to making a life that matters. So being aware, being able and willing to be vulnerable, uh, being able and willing to um, to show up in my own life, being able and willing to take care of myself, to be aware of what I'm feeling and be uh, taking care of myself to do that thing, uh, whatever those things are. But connection is also important. Honestly, anything worth accomplishing in life is going to require the help and support of other people. And that means we have to learn to be both vulnerable and and brave enough to be vulnerable um, in asking for and accepting help. Uh, Brene says in Daring Greatly, we simply can't learn to be more vulnerable and courageous on our own. She says, sometimes our first and greatest dare is asking for support. And I, that, you know, that's hard for a lot of us to do that. But in order to accomplish the things that, that we care about, we're going to have to be connected to other people. We're going to have to be willing to accept the support and encouragement and help of other people. Uh, one of the things she said that I thought was so valuable and, and, and this is again tied to this idea of connection. Um, sometimes we, we, she she talks a lot about uh, in in rising strong and in daring greatly about this scarcity mindset that that we we have we're not enough there's not enough in the world and that w- how that impacts us and how we we see the world and how we see ourselves and she says in rising strong uh, early on in the book the opposite of scarcity is not abundance the opposite of scarcity is simply enough. Empathy is not finite and compassion is not a pizza with eight slices. When you practice empathy and compassion with someone, there's not less of these qualities to go around. There's more. Love is the last thing we need to ration in this world. And I thought that it's, it's been a, a rough few months here in the united states well really in the the world there's been so much uh, violence so many rough things going on and it it would be easy to sort of withdraw into yourself but i think what she's saying in this in this passage and elsewhere in the books is that this these are times when we need to open up to each other and uh, and and give that compassion and that empathy and and love but and that's all part of the importance of compassion to making a life that matters the other element of that that she talks about in the books uh, all of the books actually is this idea of belonging and one of the things she says early on in Dare, or in Daring Greatly, and, and she says it also in Braving the Wilderness, is the the difference between fitting in and belonging, that they're not the same thing. In Braving the Wilderness, she says, true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. And, and she spends a lot of time in Braving the Wilderness talking about this tension between belonging and yet um being willing to stand alone when necessary and she she admits uh, that belonging is hard for everyone even for her where fitting in often requires us to hide certain parts of who we are belonging requires authenticity we can't belong anywhere where we aren't our real self she tells a story in braving the wilderness uh where about a situation that she was in and her husband told her, you will always belong anywhere you show up as yourself and talk about yourself and your work in a real way. And I thought that, I underlined that part. You will always belong anywhere you show up as yourself. That um, That's the difference between fitting in and belonging. That in order to truly belong, we have to uh, show up as who who we really are. And her story about feeling like she doesn't belong anywhere really resonated with me. I, I, I'll confess that I have felt that way much of my life that I didn't quite belong, didn't know where I belong. I, I know I belong with my husband, um, but beyond that, I struggle with that. And it was, um, it was, I, I, this sounds terrible. I, I mean, it was encouraging to me to read that someone as, Uh, admired and respected as Brene Brown struggles with or has felt that she doesn't quite belong anywhere. Um, And in chapter two of Braving the Wilderness, she actually quotes from her first book, which the one I haven't read yet, The Gifts of Imperfection, um, where she says, uh, belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. This kind of goes back to the you know, the overall lesson of of self-awareness and self-care. She says, true belonging is not something we achieve or accomplish with others. It's something we carry in our hearts. Wow. And I just, you know, that that really, uh, that was one of those that I read that and I kind of put the book down and thought about that for a long time. I think I've always felt that belonging was uh, a gift that somebody else gave me that they would decide whether I belong or not. But she says that's not the case. It's it's belonging, true belonging is something within us um, when we're able to be our authentic selves. She also talks about that how true belonging includes a respect for boundaries. And I think that goes along with um, that um, being willing to be authentic and be our real self, um, that we don't have to subsume ourselves into a group or become doormats in order to belong somewhere that 's fitting in um you know fitting in to fit in we become like the people we want to fit in with, but to b- truly belong, we have to be ourselves and she's this is a less i guess a lesson that she 's learned from the research that she 's done she She does a lot of interviews with people around various areas. And in her research, she found, and she talks about this in Braving the Wilderness, she says, the clearer and more respected the boundaries, the higher the level of empathy and compassion for others. Fewer clear boundaries, less openness. And here's what I thought was so good. It's hard to stay kind-hearted when you feel people are taking advantage of you or threatening you. So... Isn't that interesting that that belonging requ- calls for us, or it, it requires of us, that we be our authentic self, and that we have uh, clear and um, known boundaries of, of what is okay and what's not okay. Um, you know, this go, going back to this issue of vulnerability and and the overall message of all of her books has to do with the, the idea of the difference between what, what's important to us and, and, and what other people think of us. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about that in a recent episode that I think you'll have heard. You may have heard by the time you hear this one, this idea of, of how, Other people's opinions and other people's expectations can drive our behavior. But true belonging means we set those boundaries and we, um, I guess, protect ourselves without hardening ourselves to other people. Uh, One of the things that I I love that uh, Brene talks about uh, is this idea that the list of people whose opinion of me matters should be very, very short. And I, I've shared that in a previous episode about the the very short list she she wrote and keeps in her wallet of people whose opinions matters. The only people whose opinion of me should matter are the people who actually know me and love me and those who are, as she talks about in um, um, Rising Strong, in or maybe it's in Daring Greatly. She talks about it in both of them. Uh, people who are in the arena with you, who are actually doing the stuff, who are taking a chance and getting out there and trying to make a difference. The people who are sitting on the sidelines, just commenting, their opinions don't matter. They, they've kind of wait, forfeited the right to comment on me and what I'm trying to do. And I think the same should be uh, true of you as well. That we, we want to be connected, we want to belong, and in order to do that, we need to know who we are, be willing to be who we are, and um, be open to conversations with any number of people, but I guess guard our hearts and, and think about who has a right to speak into our lives. So what does all this have to do with productivity? Productivity. Uh, to me, I summarize it all with this. It, it's hard to be productive in any sense if we're holding ourselves back for fear of failure or judgment, if we're afraid to put ourselves out there and try and do the things that are important to us, or if we don't like ourselves well enough to be who we really are. I think those are f- foundational um, things that we need to grasp in order to live a productive life, either in the sense of getting things done or in the sense of making a life that matters. Um, and, uh, the second thing is that we really, we cannot accomplish anything of lasting value alone. And so in order to have that connection and the, the support, the give and take of support and encouragement, uh, um, we need to be a willing to be brave enough to be vulnerable, to be our true selves. The only way, finally, I guess this, this issue of of how this all relates to productivity, I, I really think the only way that we can make the contribution we were put here on earth to make is to put ourselves out there, show up as our true selves and do what's in our hearts to do. Um, time management, organization, calendars and to-do lists and smartphones and computers and apps, all those things. Um, we talk about those on the show and we will talk about them more, but all of those things are just tools to help us do those things, to show up, to put ourselves out there and do what's in our hearts. That's what it takes to be productive. That's what it takes to make a life that matters. And I'm really grateful, um, to Brene for the work that she's done, both in the scientific sense and in the sense of as a writer to to put this work out there um, that helps me and and many other people, and hopefully you. If, if you haven't read these books, I recommend them um, to give some thought to uh, how it might help you become more authentically yourself and more productive in all the best senses of the word. So those are my thoughts uh, on what I've learned from these books. Uh, what do you think? Have you read any of Brene's books or seen her speak? Uh, or did any of these lessons that I've learned resonate with you? I would love it if, you would, uh, if you've read her books to share your takeaways from them. Or if you haven't read her books, but there are other books that have helped kind of form your thinking about what it means to make a life that matters. I'd love it if you'd share those with me. I'm always looking for more books to to help uh, help me think better and, and be better. Uh, you can share your questions or thoughts about uh, the books or about anything I've talked about today in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which are at theproductivewoman.com slash 166 or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the uh, Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, I would love to hear them. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And and I would love to hear from you. Uh, Before we wrap up, I do want to say a quick word about our our. Uh, sponsor Bark Box. This is a, a as I said a subscription service that once a month uh, they deliver a box uh, that's built around uh, a surprise theme and contains four to six treats and fun toys for your dogs. It's just a lot of fun. You you chew, You tell them how big your dog is. Whether it's a small one, medium sized, a big big dog and then you choose a plan. They have a one month, you know, just a one-off plan, a six-month plan or a 12-month plan. You can cancel anytime. They have free shipping within the United States and they ship them out around the middle of the month and you you get the box and, and dig them out. They come up with all sorts of, they kind of curate these uh, various all-natural treats and toys to match your dog's unique um, unique needs. The edible things are all made in the United States or Canada. And it's just a great way to try some things that you uh, might not have otherwise found uh, that they found from local or small businesses. And like I said, the boxes are themed. So the one I saw was called Poo York City and it had some really fun squeaky toys and some treats that my dogs just went crazy over. Um, Just a lot of fun things that you can try out. Uh, If your dog doesn't like something in the box, they promise that they will send, replace it with something that you will love at no extra charge. Um, But if you, you know, there's something in there that your dog really likes, you can find it again on their website at barkshop.com or by texting them. And, um, as I said, they are offering a, a, for productive woman listeners, a free extra month of BarkBox. If you go to BarkBox.com slash productive and subscribe to a six or 12 month plan. So definitely worth checking out. Um, my, my dogs really enjoyed the toys and the, the treats that came in the Poo York City box. And I'll, I'll try to remember to get some pictures. I'll post them up on the Facebook page because it was a lot of fun watching our little Yorkie go nuts over these toys. Um, So definitely check that out. Again, you go to uh, BarkBox.com slash Productive. And get that free extra month when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan for your favorite dog. And also don't forget to check out FreshBooks. They're offering that 30 day unrestricted free trial. And you claim that by going to freshbooks.com woman and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you so much to both BarkBox and FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. That is it for this episode of the Productive Woman. As always, I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope uh, you found it worthwhile. I hope there was something in it that uh, was helpful to you. I'd love to hear from you. Do email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or, or you know, post a question or comment in the Facebook group. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.